On May 1st, a man who fled from custody was shot by an off-duty San Diego County Sheriff's deputy. The man, Nicholas Bills, managed to get out of a state parks ranger's car as it pulled into the San Diego Central Jail. As he took off running, the deputy, Aaron Russell, shot Bills, killing him. In response, the San Diego District Attorney has filed a murder charge against Russell. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Terry Figueroa, you're a part of the public safety team at the Union-Tribune, and you've been covering this case. Let's get people up to speed. I kind of gave a recap, but you obviously will do a better job of it. Exactly what happened on May 1st? Can you set the scene? I can, and, and thank you for having me. So on May 1st, um, there was uh, a California State Parks car, uh, Parks Ranger. They were they had taken a man into custody, and they were bringing him from Carlsbad down into um, the San Diego jail. I think it was Carlsbad to book him into uh, custody. And as they entered the jail on Front Street, um, the man now identified as, as Nicholas Bills um, was able to get out of uh, at least one of his handcuffs and slipped out of the car and mm-hmm. took off running. Um, there were two, um, from what I understand, two deputies, uh, detentions folks who were uh, going into work and they saw this and they gave chase. Um, during that, that foot chase, um, according to authorities, one of those uh, detentions deputies at the time um, pulled out his weapon and fired at least five shots, we learned today. And mm-hmm. Mr. Bills was um, struck and, and, and killed in that incident. And that was May 1st. Mm-hmm. So going back to the man who was shot, what exactly was he, was he arrested for? He was arrested for... Um, some sort of an assault on the on an officer on the parks ranger and um, he had been this was way back when covid was may first so um stay at home mm-hmm. orders were still in effect and um he had been at a park or a place in car in i want to say carlsbad um and had some sort of an encounter with um sheriff's i'm sorry park rangers that then they took him into custody and they were bringing him down to, to the jail for, for booking. Um, and that is when they were arriving at the jail is when this, this occurred, he slipped out of the car and, and took off running. And the person who is now charged with shooting him was not a parks ranger, but actually a, a sheriff's detentions deputy who had mm-hmm. witnessed the escape and gave chase. Yeah. So basically the man who shot him, was like leaving work, I believe, and then took action as he was running away, right? Uh, yeah, he was he was leaving or, or going into the office or to, to the jails um, when this occurred, and uh, he and a colleague had, had given chase. Details are still um, coming in a little bit piecemeal. Um, authorities gave us a broad overview, sort of when this happened, and have been kind of mum um, about a lot of the details since. And then yesterday, on Monday, the district attorney's office um, made the announcement that they had decided to file murder charges against mm-hmm. um, the deputy who had opened fire and and struck uh, Mr. Bills. That deputy, his I'm sorry, that uh, uh, now former deputy, is uh, his name is Aaron Russell, and he resigned a couple of days after that that shooting. 
he was arraigned today in San Diego Superior Court. It was a, a video um, arraignment on one charge of murder and an allegation that he used a, a gun. Now, this is it was a second degree murder charge, by the way, which carries a 15 to life sentence. What is truly notable and remarkable in this case is that this is the first time that San Diego prosecutors have brought a murder charge in the case of a an officer or deputy in this case um, involved in a fatal officer involved shooting. So this marks the first time that, that this has ever happened in, in San Diego County history. So it's certainly notable. Hmm. And as best we know, what are some of the reasons why they're pursuing this murder charge? Well, in the past, they haven't. What are some of the differences between this officer-involved shooting and ones that we've seen in the past? So one, one very big change um, in the landscape came just in January. The, uh, the law in California changed, and it was actually um, a bill authored by a, a San Diego Assemblywoman, it changed the the when police can use um, lethal force from reasonable at a time when it is reasonable to do so. Now it must be when it is necessary to do so. To do so, and that really that uh, toughened California's use of force laws quite a bit. In fact, it, it made it one of the strongest, if not the strongest, in the country. Um, and when announcing this charge against the officer, the now former deputy, um, Summer Stephan, District Attorney Summer Stephan, absolutely pointed to this change, this this standard that it has to be necessary to use that deadly force, as opposed to just reasonable to use that deadly force. And again, this morning in court, the prosecutor who's handling the case, he too pointed to that law. So that is for sure a factor in in at least some of the calculation here. Mm -hmm. In addition, this comes at a time when there has been obviously a, a, a national reckoning and, and a public outcry with regard to the issues of police brutality and racial injustice. Now, in this particular case, the defendant and the, um, I'm sorry, the, the officer and the um, person who was shot, they were both white. However, this does come at a time when you've got this larger landscape of changes where people are, are demanding that we take a closer look at how and when police use deadly force. So mm -hmm. that's, that's definitely, and this shooting, this incident occurred May 1st. Um, the incident that prompted this true national reckoning actually came uh, a couple weeks later on May 25th on Memorial Day with the death of George Floyd. Um, and this case was under investigation at that time. So you have that factor and, and you know, who's to say what role, if any, that played in any of this, that is certainly part of the landscape in the background of, mm -hmm. of, of uh, what's happening nationally right now. So there, there's no way to, to know if that played a particular role at all in this decision. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, certainly it's truly a counter narrative because typically incidents like these in the past, we see 
you know, a district attorney choose not to prosecute. And then there are maybe some minor repercussions for the officer, but they may stay inside of whichever organization they're still in. Or they go to court and they argue that, well, I had fear for my life. The other individual had a gun. That's why I decided to shoot. And unfortunately, the person died. But the material difference in this case is that this individual wasn't armed. He was running away. It does seem on a different kind of level when you consider the actual harm that could have been presented to the officer compared to like someone who was armed. Oh, that, that is, is, um, most certainly part of, of the calculus, you know, that, that was taken into consideration in this investigation. Um, Mm -hmm. what harm, if any, or, or what danger, if any, um, this fleeing person posed, um, and we, there is video of this and we still haven't seen the video of that. And, and I can explain that, but, um, in the arraignment today, the, uh, defendant's attorney was very clear and said, look, this is, there are, um, substantive issues for the defense. We, we have, this is a, 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 you know, a lot of, of defense in this case, um, so this is still very, very much in the early stages. We have not seen um, evidence really at all. We've only gotten a, a narrative from authorities as to what happened at this point. Um, there is video of this case, and that has not been released yet. Um, and at this point, it will not be publicly released until during the trial or until during the proceedings, in the court proceedings, because it is considered a piece of evidence in this particular mm-hmm. case. In cases where, in, in other cases, um, and we've seen this recently, the police department can pretty quickly release the video of what happened um, in the wake of an officer-involved shooting. We saw that just yesterday when the department released some footage of a um, a fatal officer-involved shooting from earlier this year. We saw that, I want to say last week, when they pretty quickly released footage of a shooting by a suspect who had gotten a gun in um, the Sally Port in the uh, police headquarters in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So they do release video, and state law does require that if they can, if it's not tied up in an investigation, that they do release video within 45 days. Police have actually been, in the last couple of weeks, releasing it within days but in this mm-hmm. particular case we won't be seeing this video until it makes its appearance in court because it is considered evidence in this case mm-hmm. yeah i believe it was last month where we had that uh shooting where that individual died uh, right near the ut offices in downtown san diego and that was when the san diego police released video literally hours after it happened which was a marked sea change from what we've seen in the past but it also kind of goes in line with what people are demanding with more police accountability and transparency. And releasing video is pretty much as much transparency as these organizations can reasonably provide in these situations. That That is correct. And, and that's why um, they wanted to be very clear, at least, you know, the district attorney in, in announcing that they had brought charges in this case. Yes, there is video, but it is part of an investigation. So they mm-hmm. won't be releasing it just this, this point. Not yet. Mm-hmm. And can you give us a sense of a timeline? Uh, when are we expecting to see this move through the courts? Kind of how long will this take? Can you give us a step-by-step look to the future? Well, um, in normal times, um, the the next big hearing, um, well, there, there's a number of things that, that 
could happen. But in um, one major hearing that is still to come is what's called a preliminary hearing. And that's basically where the prosecutors have to lay out their evidence and show what evidence they have that supports this charge. A judge looks at that, and that's a public hearing, um, and decides whether or not there is enough evidence to then order this defendant to go to trial. So that would be one of the the first big next steps in this case. Um, when that will be is is a complete unknown. With COVID having closed down the courts, they're not even scheduling a lot. <laughs> A lot of things have yet to be scheduled. Even in today's hearing, in, in today's arraignment of, of the deputy, it was done via video arraignment. It was closed to the public, although um, some members of the media were allowed in the courtroom. Um, the way that they've been doing court is via video these days. So when this could come is, is up to the future. Mm-hmm. Certainly a lot of questions remain. So what do we know about uh, Russell's defense? Uh, do we get a peek into what uh, they may argue in the coming weeks or months? Hopefully not years. <laughs> um, uh, we just know that, that, that this has, we don't. Um, we do know that this is, is certainly one that, that his attorney has said is, is, you know, has substantial defense in this case, um, substantive. So we, that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, have we heard from Nicholas Bill's family during this time? His family actually had, um, in the days of COVID, a Zoom conference call, a Zoom press um, briefing with their attorney. Um, and they, of course, would like to see, um, they, they would like to see something happen in this case. I think that they were very... Uh, I think that they were glad to see the charges were brought. I don't know if glad is the right term, certainly relieved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and their attorney um, also noted the, the rarity of bringing charges against police officers in a fatal shooting. Mm-hmm. Certainly it, it, it is remarkable that, you know, the status quo is being, upended in a sense in this case although it's just the beginning we'll see what happens when the trial goes through but the fact that things are where they are remains notable yes just the simple the simple fact that charges were brought and and to be clear um this defendant is is absolutely innocent until proven guilty um we don't Mm -hmm. know really anything of what happened other than the narrative that we've been told by authorities so so we really don't have a lot of information in this case we're still we're still waiting to see what may come so there's it's primarily just a lot of questions that remain unanswered at this point Mm -hmm. all right terry figueroa thank you so much thank you thank you for having me first a quick note the man was arrested in old town san diego state historic park not in carlsbad in other news The Navy says they're making progress in fighting the fire aboard the Bonhomme Richard. Rear Admiral Philip Sobeck, commander of Expeditionary Strike Group 3, said the ship so far is stable and the structure is safe. He said it's too early to tell how much damage the fire has done to the ship and whether the ship will survive. He said there are two main fires burning, one in the forward part of the ship and one in aft. 
in the forward section, crews haven't been able to get to the fire because it was too hot, he said. Crews have been trying to cool the metal in the ship to reach the fire. Navy helicopters from Helicopter Sea Combat Squadron 3 have made 1,200 water bucket dumps. Both fires appear to be in the upper part of the ship. Thank you for listening to the San Diego News Fix. If you want to learn more about San Diegans you should know, listen to another UT podcast, Name Drop San Diego. Join the UT's Abby Hamblin and Christy Totten as they speak with Claudia Sandoval, winner of Master Chef, who lives and bakes in National City. Name Drop San Diego is available wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is made possible by subscribers to the San Diego Union Tribune. As we live through this momentous time in history, the truth and facts matter. If you are not yet a subscriber, please go to unionship.com slash subscribe. Until next time.